Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Steve. Amen. You ready for the Word this morning? Amen. Did you feel the presence and sense the presence of God here today? Hopefully you have, and uh, this is Palm Sunday, so why don't we stand to our feet, get right into this right now, and go to John uh, chapter 12, John chapter 12, I've never preached uh, on Palm Sunday out of John chapter 12, uh, and we're taking a break from our series, God Owns It All, and we will be back in it in two weeks, next week is Easter, uh, last week we broke an attendance record in person, which was outstanding, amen, I do see a couple of empty seats, but I know next week is going to be nuts, we've ordered an extra 100 chairs, just because we need them, here and on Wednesday night up front, it's getting pretty full as well, so invite a friend, bring them, if you're watching online uh, and you live in the area, it's good online, I, I know, but it's even better when you're in person, I'm just saying that every, everyone to say amen. It just is, and uh, those that are living in the area and you're able to, if, if not, we also tune in and we know God's going to be with you uh, wherever you are watching. So uh, today, what to preach on this story, I know there are many that are maybe are new to the church or new to the faith, many have been serving the Lord, others for a long time, so one of the uh, challenges is always to preach that in a way that will feed everyone uh, heart, and today God has just really given me something uh, to go a little deep with. I'm going to talk about the heart of it all, the heart of it all. Um, and so John chapter 12, this is Palm Sunday, and we pick it up in verse 12. It says, chapter 12, verse 12, The next day a great multitude that had come to the feast... When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees, hence the name Palm Sunday, and they went out to meet him, and they cried out, Hosanna, which means save us now, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. This is the very first time that Israel has ever called Jesus their king. So time, things are getting scary for Jesus. He realizes that at this time. And I want you to now to scroll down to verse 20 or turn your page. Look at verse 20. It says, Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship again at the feast. Then they came to Philip, one of the disciples, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee. And they asked him, Sir, and I love this, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. I don't know about all that other things that's happening right now, but Lord... Uh, sir, we want to see Jesus. I pray that's your heart today. We want to see Jesus. So Philip went and told Andrew, and in turn, they both went to Jesus. Verse 21, Jesus gives his Palm Sunday sermon. He says, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you that unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it will remain alone. But if it dies, it will produce much fruit. He who loves his life will lose it. But he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, my servant will be there. 
My servant will be there where I am. And if anyone serves me, him, my father, will honor. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray your blessing today, God, as we sit in your presence on this Palm Sunday. I pray, God, give me the uh, anointing, God, to communicate what is put into my heart. I pray today, God, the eyes of our understanding would be opened even a little bit more. Father, of understanding what you desire from us as your people today, whether we are new or wherever we are, God, in our walk with you. I pray that you would show us something from your word today, new and fresh. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Go ahead and be seated today. The heart of it all. This is Passion Week, the beginning of the last week of Jesus' ministry on earth. And um, it's called Holy Week, Passion Week. The big picture of this whole week is that God is now, he is demonstrating how much he loves us. If you want to know if there is a God or even if there is a God, does he love me? Then we turn to this week in history in the Bible because it is not just Jesus teaching and talking, doing miracles, which are all uh, also ways that God demonstrates he loves us. But he demonstrates his own love that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. This is the week that God demonstrates from heaven to mankind, hey, not only am I here, but I love you and I have provided a way for you to be in a relationship with me. That's what this week is all about. That's the big picture. So I have one observation I want to give you and then two truths from Jesus' Palm Sunday sermon, which I've never preached before on Palm Sunday. So, the, uh, uh, an observation and then two truths. But first, how many know that there is a right way and a wrong way to respond to things? How many know there's a right way and a wrong way to respond to different threads on social media? There's a right way to respond and a wrong way to, res- to respond. I'm thinking of Will Smith and Chris Rock. There, there is a, I, I had to throw a Will Smith joke in there somewhere. There's... Um, there's a right way to respond and a wrong way to respond. We know that. How many's ever wished you could take back a comment or have taken back a comment on social media? Some of my hands going up already because we've responded the wrong way. I was kind of researching this uh, message this week and came up and kind of Googled this kind of thing. And um, how many ever read reviews of a restaurant or something that you've never been to before before you go? I mean, how many people, yeah, yeah, amen. My wife is big into that. We've got two trips planned this year. A uh, short little mini vacation and then our big anniversary uh, trip and going to a new place. So reviews are important to look up what other people are saying before we go. I mean, uh, and so I, I just found this and I like to give you the source. Reviewtrackers.com uh, actually say that 94% of people that read a bad review about a, a place of business will not go to that business. 94% of you won't go if you find a bad review. So the question is, should you respond, if you are a business owner, should you respond to a bad review or not? That's the question. Do you respond? Do you not respond? The, uh, this review tracker.com said that if you want to get at least half of those people back to your business, you need to respond to even the negative and bad reviews. But it's not what you say, it's how you say it a lot of times. It says, never respond in the moment. And went on to say, and actually gave a template. So if that's you, you can look up a right way to respond to negative reviews. But uh, if you ignore it, then um, 
chances are you're doing more damage than good. 45% of those 94% will come to a restaurant, even though it has a negative review, if the business owner reached out in a nice way and addressed that review. I'm saying all of this about how we respond because Palm Sunday is humanity's opportunity to respond to God of how he has given us his son Jesus. This last week of history is mankind's response to God. In fact, the Christian life is how we respond to God. What kind of response is God looking for? I mean, even worship, isn't it a response? Isn't it a response when we worship? A good response is that God has always desired a people that desire him. A wrong response to the gospel, a wrong response to Jesus, a wrong response to God for sending Jesus is no response at all or religion. Now, let me just show you this kind of out of order this morning, uh, guys. So if you have Luke 19, this is Luke's account of the triumphal entry. Again, this is Jesus coming into Jerusalem today. We're celebrating it. And it says in Luke 19, then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of who? Disciples, watch, began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Correct response. Correct response. Then look, but the Pharisees, who's the Pharisees? If you don't know, they are the priests. They are a preacher, a pastor, a religious leader. They called to Jesus, where were they at? From the crowd. Notice they're the same level as the crowd. Remember the crowd, don't you, when you read the Gospels? The crowd are those that follow Jesus just for the fishes and the loaves, right? Jesus turned to the crowd one day and said, you only follow me because of the free fish and the free food. Remember, that's the crowd. The crowd are, are those that today on Palm Sunday, they, they rejoiced and they, they were there, but it was the crowd that one week later would turn on Jesus and say, crucify him, crucify him. That's the crowd. The crowd is always a hindrance to the heart of what God is wanting. Zacchaeus, just a, a few, uh, the day before Jesus came to Jerusalem, he met with a guy named Zacchaeus. Remember that story? And the Bible says that Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd. So they got the correct response and the wrong response. And the Pharisees called and said, Jesus, rebuke your, your disciples. Why? Because religion never worships God. Religious people don't worship. So, uh, David said in Psalm 115, the dead do not praise the Lord. And if you actually look up a religious service in the dictionary, it describes a funeral service. <laughs> That's why I love River of Life. We are never going to be that dead church. Amen. We will never, ever, ever get to that place. If we do, I'll be the first to leave. Amen. Come on, somebody. Why? Because so when we worship God, it's a response. It's, it's, a, it's not supposed to be something like a rituals and duties and, and things like that. It's supposed to be, God has always desired us to want him uh, in a relationship, not in a religion. So having, having said all of that, my, my observation, I want to give you this, is, is, is simply this, that Jesus was more appealing than religion. Jesus was more appealing than religion. Now, 
to give you those that are history buffs and like to may appreciate this, we don't really know when Jesus was born, but we do know when Jesus died. Because the Jews always, uh, the Jewish people kept the Passover ever since they left Egypt. It was always on the 14th day of the month, Nisan. Not the Japanese car. And this day, Palm Sunday, was the 10th day of the Jewish calendar of the month of Nisan, which was significant because the 10th day was the day that families selected the lamb for the Passover. It just so happens that on this very day, Jesus come riding in on a donkey into the city saying, I have been chosen by God to be the sacrificial death for mankind. If you want to connect the dots. So, so we know when this was. It was either April the 6th, 32 AD, or April 3rd, 30 AD. So this is what's going on. People are traveling from all over the known world. Did you read in verse 12 and 21, the Greeks were there. Those were non-Jews. So, so Judaism was something that was open now and starting to have different... Uh, ethnicities and people from all over to join in and be worshipers to participate with this feast. I mean, they would travel to Jerusalem. They had to go to Jerusalem. Uh, there was three feasts that people had to come to Jerusalem for. This was one of the big ones. So they would make arrangements to stay in, with places, uh, uh, with family. Many times this was cousins getting together. You know, like we go on a road trip and we, we, we uh, get to go see and hang out with our families. Um, this was that kind of a thing. They're getting food. They're making preparations. Um, it's just a celebratory week. God's into that. God's into celebrating, by the way. But it became like a religious duty that people were just responding because it was the thing to do. And I love verse 21. It said there was a group of people in verse 12 and in 21 that when they heard Jesus himself, the person, was coming to town, that they left the ceremonies. They left getting ready for the Passover. And they came and they said, guys, we just want to see Jesus. That's, that's the heart of it all. That, that's the words that will begin a revival. Is, is I just want to see Jesus. I just want to see Jesus. People are going to pack churches out around the globe this next week. And I'm happy. I'm happy. I love this time of year. Everyone's talking about Jesus in one way or another. They got to at least acknowledge him. And I love that because God has made sure that that is an ongoing tradition, I think, on purpose. But my prayer is that maybe somebody here or this week, and or, or maybe you're here and you've been coming to Easter for a while, and you need to hear this or services for a while, and you've been a follower of God, and you know all about the story of Palm Sunday, and you know all about the story of the death and the resurrection. I'm challenging us all today. Let's get to the heart of it, and let's peel back all the tradition and the religiosity and say, I just want to see Jesus. Does anybody here just want to see Jesus? I just want to see Jesus. You can have stained glass windows and you can have candles and traditions and Easter bunnies and whatever else we throw in there. I just want to see Jesus. That's the heart of Palm Sunday. It's not a little story out of a storybook. So what is, we always say to people, I said it this week, was able to go to a place and hang out with some very important people at a luncheon and won't tell you the details. It's just amazing the doors God will open to you. It's just, it's, it always is amazing. And we got into this subject and this topic uh, 
of, of God. We were there, and I'll just tell you, it was a Supreme Court Justice Bernstein was there. You might have seen the commercials, Sam Bernstein. Have you been injured in an act? Okay, okay. Well, he's got another son, whether you know it or not. He, uh, Robert, um, Richard um, Bernstein, he's a Michigan Supreme Court Justice, and he was the speaker at this lunch, and, and I got to say a few words and pray, and I always pray in the name of Jesus. Amen? And so said a few things about God, and, and it must have really fired him up. I've never heard him speak before. I don't know his politics, but it was very refreshing to hear a, a Michigan Supreme Court justice get up and took everybody to the Bible, to the story of Jacob wrestling with the angel. <laughs> I mean, you had, you had people from all over in that political world, and, and he's just talking about wrestling with God until you get your miracle. And he began to just preach. So when he got finished, everybody looked at the pastor in the house. <laughs> and one guy leaned over and he said, you're going to get that guy coming at your church? Because he's a preacher. Amen. I said, I might. That guy was a preacher. But it sparked up a conversation. This is time of year about religion. And I got to say it again. Listen, I don't talk a lot about religion because Jesus never came to start a religion. Jesus came to show us how to have a relationship with God. I mean, that never gets old. I've never seen that rejected. I've never seen that start an argument. I've never seen people not be interested in that. That is always something that, why? Because Jesus is always more appealing than religion. You want to tell me about your Catholicism and your Lutheranism and your assemblies of God and how long you've been speaking in tongues or you were christened as an eight-year-old child. Those are all good. I believe in practicing out the ordinances of the church. But really what gets to the heart of it all is God wants to know, do you know my son? Are you in a relationship with him? You kind of, and I think sometimes we, we get lose sight of that, even this time of year. We, we get caught up in the other things. And I'm just trying to, as a pastor, is to lead us during this crazy time that we're living in in planet Earth to get closer to Jesus and, and to get to the heart of it all, to make sure that we desire him. So what do we mean when we say our relationship, by the way? Because it always works. This is really to sum it up. I've never had to sum it up like this, but this is what I found myself saying. To, when you share your faith with people, it's, it, it will stretch you as a person and you will grow because you've got to learn to take the gospel. You do this as a parent, hopefully. Learn to take the gospel stories and teach them to your kid. And it will stretch you. It will cause you to get into your word and find these answers for yourself. And so the way to sum up a relationship with God is simply this. Desire over duties. There's nothing wrong with duties. There's nothing wrong with the ceremonies and, and practice. We're going we're gonna to do communion, Holy Communion this Friday at our Good Friday service. But you're always going to hear about the person, Jesus. And, and that is because God has always wanted a people that desired him. So what is it between the difference between relationship and religion? Is this right here. Is that God wants you to desire him more than just practice a couple religious duties. God's always wanted that. I mean, look at the scripture in, in Deuteronomy chapter 5. God is speaking to Moses and he says, Oh, that they had such a heart in them, that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments so that it may be well with them and their children forever. He says, man, I just want my people to have a heart. I wish they just would have a heart. Notice he didn't say, I wish it was perfect. 
I wish they came to every service. I wish they participated in all the, the ordinances of the church. No, no, he said, I wish they just had a heart in them that would want me and want to live for me. The Old Testament was filled with duties. You had, you had to do all of these duties. Jesus came and he said, I'm not doing away with the duties. I'm fulfilling the purpose of the duties because the duties were supposed to bring your heart closer to God. But the religious people did not let the heart of God grow in them. And here Jesus is coming down riding the donkey. Jesus got in the flesh and they are criticizing him. They are standing there like this. Why? Because they have no desire for him. And religion has no passion. Religion has no desire. Religion has no fruit. Religion has no change. Religion has no worship. If you brought me and took me into a Muslim mosque, I've been in them. And if you invited me, I would go next to the pastor, the imam, not stand there. I'd watch him get on the carpet and roll around, whatever, you know. I don't mean to be funny. I mean, get on the carpet and pray three times. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stand there and look at them. Uh, they're going to burn whatever they burn. They're going to pray. They're going to go face to east or going to west. I'm going to stand there. Why? I have no desire for Allah. If you take me to a Buddhist temple, I'm going to go, whoa, that's one big belly. <laughs> I'm not going to rub the Buddha. I may go, hoo hoo. <laughs> I'm not going to pray to no Buddha. Why? I have no desire for Buddha. Why is it when we come to church? We got some that are going hard after God. And we got others that maybe you think that you're in the wrong temple today. I, mean, I don't know. I'm, some that are joining us online, I don't know where you are. Let the Holy Spirit do what. Do we fit in with the disciples that were taking branches and saying, I'm going to give you praise and I'm going to glorify your name for all the things that you have done because you have been so good to me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Or do we find ourselves, quiet down. Why are you getting so loud? That's the religious people. There's a good religious people don't worship. God, I pray, don't ever let me lose my worship. God, I pray, don't ever lose my worship. Two things you must never lose as a Christian. Never, 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 never lose your praise and never lose your fight. Never lose your praise and never lose your fight. It's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. Isn't that right, Tomas? And it's not the size of what your knowledge of the Bible, but it's the size of the fight in your Lord that will determine a victory. Ask David when he went against Goliath. God desires that. Why? How do I get my fight back? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Walking with the Holy Spirit. Being in the Word of God. Because that's a spiritual thing. And the Spirit calls out to Spirit. Religious has nothing to offer what I just said the last 30 seconds. Religion just offers us traditions and things like that. But desire, everybody in your Bible, from Abraham, Abraham was called the friend of God. The friend of God. He wanted to be a friend of God. Look at that. Moses, Moses would go to the top of the mountain of God and be there for 40 days and 40 nights. His attitude was, God, I don't want to go into that city, that new promised land, even though it's flowing with milk and honey. 
I don't want to go there. I don't want that new house. I don't want that new car. I don't want that new job. If your presence don't go with me. I mean, do we realize these things we read? Do we realize the stories that we have in the word of God? I mean, we have, God, I, I don't want to go anywhere because your presence is more important. That's, that's desire. I mean, when you read about King David, he uses language like an addict. Now, I came from that background, and many of you have come from that background, how you would do anything to satisfy that craving. You would do anything when that addiction is rising up. You'll stand outside, you'll be, no matter if it's cold, if it's a snowstorm, no matter if you're broke, you will find a way to feed that addiction. I find the same language in the word of God about the presence of God when you read David. David said, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. It's like an addict. It's like, God, I don't want religion. I don't want the ceremony. I don't even want the ark of the covenant, the box. I want what's inside the box. I want your presence. That's when we see revival. And that's what we see in the beginning of this Palm Sunday. Everyone goes right to the religious purposes and that. No, but there's a group of people that said, Sir, take me to Jesus. Take me to Jesus. I just want Jesus. You can have everything else. You can have everything else. You can have all, all of the duties. I, I want Jesus. Jesus, Paul in the New Testament, he goes on even when he gets there in the New Testament. You, you follow this pattern of people having a heart for God. And Paul makes statements like this, this one thing that I want. You know it, you've heard it, you've got it underlined. This one thing is forgetting everything else and reaching for what That I may know you. That I may know you. Let me tell you, that's the correct response. That's the correct response. And you talk about reading your response and reading reviews. People are reading our reviews. People are reading how we respond to the King of Kings. People, are, are people in our families are watching how we respond. I'm encouraging us today. Let's get back to the heart of the matter. Let, let, let's get to the heart of worship. Let's get to the heart of what this is all about. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus is always... People are always more interested. He's more appealing than religion will always be. Then Jesus carries this heart thing over into his teaching about a seed. And let me just give you these two truths. He carries this, the heart about this seed in verse 24. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and it dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. What's he talking about? He's talking about himself there. He's getting ready to die. That's what he came to Jerusalem for was actually to die. And he's saying that I'm going to go into the earth. But he's also saying something very significant there that I will come back. <laughs> so what is he saying there is that he said the, the heart the heart of, a, of dying in the ground, that whole thing that he's saying here, is, is doing it willingly, is willingly obeying God. And Jesus was talking about when we're told to die to ourselves, we are also the grain of seed there that he's talking about. He's talking about himself, but he's also teaching us as well a very important lesson here 
about dying to ourselves as followers and, and not, res- not doing it out of legalism, but out of a heart willingness, willing to, to live for him, willing to carry our cross, willing to die to our selfish desires and allow our selfish desires line up with his desire. That's what he's talking about here. Jesus had to learn that. He did. Hebrews 5 says, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, listen, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears, there's the heart, to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard. Why? Because of his reverent submission. Watch this. Though he was a son, he learned obedience by the things he suffered. That scripture has always been so intriguing to me. He learned even though he was the son of God, he learned obedience. How do you learn obedience? You don't learn obedience. You just do obedient things. You just do it. What does it mean, learn obedience? What he's saying here is there's a right way to respond to God in obedience. We call it obedience. And there's a wrong way to respond. Just like you tell your kids, we tell our kids to clean our rooms. There's a right way and a wrong way. They can clean their rooms, and we're happy if they just clean their rooms. Hallelujah. That would be a breakthrough right there. But God goes a little bit deeper. Remember, we're talking about the heart of it all. So if you really want to get to the heart of obedience, the way that God receives obedience is when we do it with a willing heart. Now, this takes time. Jesus even struggled with this in the garden. Remember, because he didn't want to go to the cross at first. He was going to go, but he wasn't wanting to go willingly. So he prayed, Father, if it's possible, let Peter go. (laughs) That's what I would have been praying. He's always running his mouth. He knows everything. I try to tell him what he's going to do. He says, no, you ain't. I said, you're going to deny me? He goes, no, I ain't going to deny you. I mean, everything I tell him, he's like, no. I already... How many know people like that? They don't listen to what you're saying. They're waiting for you to take your breath so they can say something. That's Peter. Peter always has something to say. Ain't listening to nothing. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, Lord, nevertheless, not my will, because I'm not really willing to obey you right now if I'm honest there's a side of me that's not wanting to do it it's easier to just fall into this category of religion it's easier to burn a candle than it is to live for God it's easier to tell my sins to some man in a box and have him tell me to pray and pray a certain prayer but go back and live my life it's easier to do that than let you in and transform my desires and my life to live a new life for you it's easier to do duties than it is to give you my desire. But God says, that's what I want. And if you would just give me that, you're going to see the greatest breakthrough and the greatest uh, miracle you've ever seen in your life. So there's a scripture in Isaiah that says this, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. Because when mom would tell me to take out the garbage when I was a kid or clean my room, I would do it. But I wasn't doing it willingly. Because mom has the ability to tell me to do it right in that point in that movie that is the very important part. And I would get it done. But it wasn't with a willing heart. We do, some of us live our lives like that. But I'm here to show you that if we really want to learn obedience, as it says in Hebrews, as Jesus did, that's when you allow him to align your will with him and his will and do it with the willing heart. It takes time. But it is something that is pleasing to God. In fact, I've never seen this, never heard this before. But this week, I just noticed this. Have you ever noticed that the word die is right in the center of obedience? 
that the word die is right in the heart, again, the heart of obedience. Could it be that God is saying, hey, this is the kind of obedience that is accepted to me, is that when you put that pride, see, the religious people didn't worship because they had too much pride there. And I struggled with that when I first got saved. I remember living the whole life. God was, you know that scripture says he takes us from glory to glory? That's what exactly what it means. As, as we keep our eyes on God, he begins to bring us out into deeper waters and bring us out in, into deeper depths of faith. And I've noticed there's something that's very common all along the way. It's the more I decrease, the more I die, the more I put my pride down, the more I see God's presence, the more I see God's favor, the more I see God's blessing, the more I see God's anointing in my life. So it's a good, here's the good news about it, is when we die to ourselves, we see the good life that God has promised us. So you can write this down, that seeds are planted and not buried. Jesus is saying, I'm not going to be buried like you think I'm going to be buried, because if you're buried, you never come back. Seeds aren't buried. When we willingly go into the ground, when we willingly, because of our heart, willingly give ourselves an obedience to God, And we die to that thing, whatever it is that God has, you will be back. Jesus came back. They thought he was dead. They thought they buried him. We all know the story. Three days later, he came back. Why? Because he wasn't buried. He was planted. Let me encourage you today to keep being a seed. Keep being a seed. Keep being a seed. Keep being a seed. Because every seed has a season. Every seed has a season. Every seed has a season. Sooner or later, that seed will begin to bring forth a harvest. It will begin to bring forth a harvest. Don't overlook the process over the platform. Don't look at the stage, but look at the soil. The process and the soil. Seeds got to go deep. And God is wanting us to go deep. In this year, in this time that we're living, this Palm Sunday, this may be a different Palm Sunday. Well, I didn't want to preach on religious Palm Sunday. Y'all know he come riding in on a mule. Amen. That's the story. How many deep things do we have to tell you about it? Going to the heart of it. And that is that God's not interested in them with the palm branches or them standing there like that. He was interested in those that came and said, I want to see Jesus. Notice the very next verse when Jesus heard, Jesus heard him say that. He said, now's the time. Now's the time. Maybe God is waiting for us to call out to him with that kind of a heart. Jesus, I would just want to see Jesus. I just want to see Jesus. And he said, now's the time. Now's the time for that seed to come out. He's been waiting. He's not looking for religious tradition and religious duties. He's waiting and he's listening for a heart of people that said, I'm going to leave the Passover uh, prenups I'm gonna, or, or the preparation period. I'm going to leave that. And I just want to come see this man, Jesus, because I heard there was this miracle worker coming in. He just raised a man that was called Lazarus dead after four days in the next city. And then he, then he healed a blind man in Jericho. And then I heard he had lunch with a tax collector, a person that is at the bottom of society as far as morals goes. He's alive. He's a deceiver. But I heard this Messiah came and wanted to have lunch with him. He's more appealing to me than all these sacrifices we do at church. That is more appealing to me. I just want to see that person. Can you take me to that person? Can you take me to see where I can get to know that person? I think we got people today in culture saying the same thing. 
saying, take me to that person. Take me to that person. Take me to that person. How many are hungry for that person today? How many, how many are hungry for that person today? Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Then he said, he, he begins to carry that, that heart thing about dying in the seed over to being a servant. He talks about loving his life, you'll lose it. If you refuse to die because you love your life, he says, you're going to lose everything then. You're going to lose everything then. But if you're willing to die to yourself for me, then you're going to gain it all. Because you're not burying, you know, you're not burying, you're being planted. When you surrender your life to God, it ain't life over. It's life just began. Life is just beginning. And the last thing is he said about a serving. And where I am, my servant will be also. So serving, a heart of serving, brings us close to the Savior. Is what he began to take, is, is when we serve him, when we live for him. This is his Palm Sunday sermon. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's his, that's his sermon. He got all these people standing around him. He just got off the donkey. And he looks at him. He starts talking about dying and being a servant. That's our Jesus. Because why? He goes right to the heart of the matter. And he's saying, I'm telling you how to really experience life and how to live and see God's blessing and favor and anointing on your life. Is when you willingly give me. It's, I want your desire, not your duties. In Malachi, he told the church, he said, I will plug my ears when you play worship songs to me if it's not from your heart. In Malachi, he says that. He said, I don't care how good the song is. I don't care if your sound is perfect like it wasn't today. <laughs> you know what God was listening for? He was listening for our hearts. What was he saying? Were we giving him that kind of praise? Or were we more like the religious folks? Just, just, just reflect on that. Because I want God to go right to the heart. He's wanting me to go right to the heart today. Now's the time that we lean into him in our serving. Jesus said, when you're those hearts that have a servant is where I am. You're serving however you're serving the Lord. You're serving your neighbor. You're kind. You forgive people. You're on a team here at the ministry at River of Life, serving in River Kids. You do it with a willing heart. God says, them people that have a willing heart, when I preach, if I have a willing heart to give it everything I have and preach like this is the last message I'll ever preach, I actually think that when I prepare sermons. I want to do it with all of my heart. Why? Because I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching for God. And God says that kind of heart is what I'm going to be there when you serve me with all of your heart. That's the heart of Palm Sunday is how we're going to respond to God. We all know how they responded. They turned on him like that and crucified him. The disciples came back, though, because they got it into their hearts. Messages today that how are we going to respond to God? He's wanting a heart to desire him. Hallelujah. How many desire him today? Are you like David? Are you like Moses? Are you, are you like those people I told you? I just want to see you, Jesus. If not, Pastor Eddie, I struggle with that. Well, I'm just encouraging you, man. What's holding you up? Let's put some of that to the side and let's go after God with that passion again. Let's be like David when he said, as the deer pants for the water, as the deer is thirsting for that water, that's how I'm thirsting for your presence, oh God. Is anybody here like that today? 
If that's like you right now, if that's you, then stand to your feet right now. Just lift your hands to the Lord and say, that's me. I desire the Lord right now with my heart. If not, then don't. But if that's you, then raise your hands. If you're watching us online, go ahead, stand where you are at home and lift your hands to the Lord and say, that, that's what you want, God. You want my desire. You don't want my religious duty. You don't want my time, my money that I give you. You don't want my time because I served on a team. You don't want lip service and, and, and all of this. You want my heart to desire you. But God, I don't really desire you like that like I should. Father, change me today. And God is saying, I've been waiting for you to say that. I've been waiting for you to say that. Let me give you that desire. Let me give you that passion that you were willingly going to the ground for me. You will willingly pick up your cross and follow me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, just love on him right now. Come on, you be like the the person in verse 21. I just want to see Jesus. Come on, you do that right now. Do that right now. We already sang songs, but this is worship right now. Just lift your hands to him and worship. He's here today just like he was at 32 AD at April the 6th. Guess what? His presence is here today. Hallelujah. Just call out to him right now. Call out to him with your heart right now. Say, Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you, Lord. I need you today on this Palm Sunday. I'm not going to stand there and just watch the show. No, I want to join in with the disciples and worship you, but I want it to go deep in my heart today. Though my world may fall, I will never let you go. Yes, come on, let's sing that together right now. I love this song. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence his promises and all people and you can watch one of our services that way as well so god bless you i pray god's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week amen